Welcome to So-and-So, brought to you by Bernina, made to create. I'm Meg Goodman, and you're about to enjoy a casual conversation with a special member of the Sewist and Quilting community. A conversation about how they got started, what inspires them, what excites them, and their connection to this community. Our guest today is Holly Ann Knight, quilter and owner of StringAndStory.com and String and Story on Main in Duluth, Georgia. Her mission is to guide more quilters around the world quilt with confidence. Hollyann was first introduced to sewing in elementary school, but other creative hobbies like dance, painting, and knitting filled her creative time until after the birth of her first son. While staying home with her newborn, Hollyann made a t-shirt quilt for her mom and fell in love with the idea of creating something so practical and sentimental. She lives, works, and plays in Duluth, Georgia, with her husband and their two boys, one dog, two cats, and two large fish tanks. When not teaching online, quilting, or at the shop, she's either a mainstay on the town green with her family and friends, or riding her Peloton. Holly Ann, welcome to So and So. Meg, thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. So, so let me ask you, what was your initial introduction to sewing, and, and who are your influencers? Yeah, that's such a great question. So uh, interestingly, you know, right before we started recording, we were talking about how I've lived most of my life in Duluth. Uh, But what some folks may not realize is I had a couple of years that my family lived in Florida. And during that time, we had this wonderful neighbor named Rosemary. Mm -hmm. And she and her husband, Bob, had a dog named Harley. And they worked all day. And so one of my very first jobs, one of my first entrepreneurial ventures, if you will, was taking care of Harley after school. Mm -hmm. And I was seven. And so my parents were like, she's too young for you to be paying her anything kind of routine at this point. Why don't we do sort of a a bargaining system? So I would actually earn sewing lessons with Rosemary by taking care of the dog all week. And then she and I would make American Girl doll clothes and purses on the weekend. Um, bookmarks, book covers, like all sorts of fun things. And so that was the first time that I'd ever like touched a sewing machine or really uh, done anything with it. So you learned to sew, Rosemary taught you how to do this, and then mm-hmm. life stepped in and you got busy. And Truly, yeah. <laughs> you you didn't sew for a long time, and then you got back to it after the birth of your first child. So, and, and we talked about the t-shirt quilt that you made your mom yes. and, and that kind of brought you back, but you know, tell us more about that. Why did you decide to do that? And how did you transition from being a sewist to a quilter? Yeah. So after those years sewing with Rosemary, I had really fond memories of a sewing machine, but I didn't own a sewing machine. I didn't have anyone to sew with when we moved back to Atlanta a couple of years later. And, and so I got caught up with other hobbies and I spent the rest of elementary, middle school, and high school dancing and painting primarily. So watercolors, oil paints, uh, ballet, contemporary, and then later salsa and ballroom. Mm -hmm. And those were kind of the hobbies that filled my time. And then Jim was born and bless him, he was a great sleeper. And so here I was, you know, doing kind of what had been modeled for me in many ways of the stay-at-home mom thing. And I was bored out of my mind because my kid was great. And I was like, this is not the frustration new parents are supposed to have. Sure. You, you were thrown for a loop because things were perfect. <laughs> Maybe not perfect. I, I realized later uh, that I had pretty severe postpartum depression that really came to the surface uh-huh. of the story uh-huh. with Ian. Uh, but I had time and I had never had time in my life. Like from the time I 
took care of Harley after school. I always had some sort of job or project and things to be doing. And so I was, you know, kind of low key complaining to my mom of like, I just want to feel productive. Like I'm finding ways to stay busy, but I also want to feel like what I, the way I'm spending my time is productive and meaningful. And she was like, well, I have this big box of t-shirts and I don't have it in the budget to pay, you know, what it costs to have a t-shirt quote made any chance you want a project. And I very kind of naively was like, sure, I have Google and (laughs) called up a friend of mine who was also named Meg actually. And she sewed and I was like, can I borrow a sewing machine? And she gifted me this secondhand, like little Kenmore machine. Mm-hmm. And I got on Google and clicked on, I don't even know whose blog article of how to make a rag style t-shirt quilt and proceeded to use entirely too many layers of flannel, learn the hard way that you need a, a knit needle for sewing t-shirt fabric. Um, didn't know I needed a plastic ruler with a rotary cutter. So I used a metal art ruler and like took off the end of my finger. Ooh. Like it was a <laughs> debacle, but the quilt got done. And at the end of it, my mom was so happy and just feeling like I could take this hobby energy that I've always had, this creative energy and do something that I could do at home while Jim was taking his naps um, that brought so much joy mm-hmm. to someone, right? And to like take these memories from my mom and transform them into something she could still use. Um, and and in a way that, you know, this was a hobby that was safe to have around my kids. Like dancing requires leaving the house. I needed childcare. That was a lot harder. Uh, oil paints have lead in them. So that's really not recommended around an infant. Sure. Um, and so I found this new thing and something that I could um, make a little bit of money with to kind of feed it. It could feed itself in terms of the creative expense and feed my soul as I took care of this newborn and then very quickly became pregnant again with our second son and mm-hmm. began all of that over again. You know, we're we're going to talk about feeding your soul a little bit later on in this conversation when we talk about your um, community that you've put together. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I want to go back to this and, and I'm going to quote you here. You said, After all of this happened, you quickly fell down the rabbit hole of modern and modern traditional quilting. Uh, You discovered free motion quilting and things escalated quickly after that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, keep going with this. This this is good. So I I was an English major, which means that I'm a whole book nerd. And so the moment my mom asked me to make a t-shirt quilt, the immediate thing that I did was I logged into our library's website. I typed in quilt and I put every single book that came up in the search on hold. Uh huh. Like every single one, and it turned out there were a few. <laughs> there, well, there were yeah, twelve or fifteen, and probably half of them were Angela Walters books. Mm-hmm. And you know, they did nothing for my ability to make a T-shirt quilt, but they were beautiful. And I was like, "What is this mm-hmm. that people are doing on their quilts?" And I had just no concept of anything other than hand quilting. Um, you know, quilting wasn't something that I had been around a lot. I had a couple of quilts from my great grandmother, but you know, just I hadn't appreciated the way that this art form had continued to evolve the way that all art forms do. Mm -hmm. And when I saw free motion quilting, something about that really spoke to my soul. It really reminded me of the motion of brushstrokes and impressionism Mm -hmm. and modern impressionist paintings, Mm -hmm. which was always my favorite era of art. Um, And so I began uh, reading and following, you know, free motion quilters on Instagram and and especially Angela and her just joyful spirit. Like she just has such a joyful um, teacher heart, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, even as my little Etsy shop that I had was busy doing t-shirt quilts behind the scenes, I was trying to figure out what is this world 
of modern quilting. And I believe it was February 2017, um, QuiltCon came to Savannah. And I was like, okay, well, modern quilting, like this is where it's at. And let me go see what this is about. And our second son, Ian, was 11 months old. And he had just started to wean. And because I breastfed both my kids for right around 11 to 12 months. And I, I looked at my husband. I said, I want to go to QuiltCon. And he was like, we are completely broke. How are you going to go to QuiltCon? <laughs> and because uh, we got married while I was still in college. Like I finished my degree. Like by the time I finished my degree, I was already pregnant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like we just, we did the like young, scrappy life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I called some friends who were going to QuiltCon. And they were like, we have an Airbnb. You can sleep on the couch. Like, come on. So somehow we scraped together, you know, the couple of tanks worth of gas that, that was going to take. And John got home from work on Friday at 5.30. I gave him a hug and a kiss. I handed him the kids. I got in the car and I drove to Savannah, mm-hmm. basically entirely in the dark because it was February. Mm. And which is not a drive I recommend making in the dark, by the way. There are not streetlights for most <laughs> of South Georgia. It uh-huh. was more than a little terrifying. Sure. And I had 24 hours. I had to be back the next night um, because we had commitments first thing Sunday morning. And I had the most magical 24 hours getting to meet up with my friends, stay on their couch and go to the show for one day and meet everyone I could possibly meet in like one day. And I literally brought a box of business cards and used them just as an excuse to meet people. And I was like, I will leave with an empty box. This is how many people I'm going to meet today. Mm -hmm. And I did. And I just got introduced to the creativity of the modern quilting world. And it felt um, like a community I'd been looking for. By this point, I was deeply in my postpartum depression. And it was just this breath of fresh air Mm -hmm. into my lungs. And so much of what String and Story has become was born at that show, the folks that I work with now. um, And that was the first time that I saw free motion quilting in person. And I went home and I said, I'm going to learn how to do this. I don't, whatever I have to Google, I'm going to figure this out. And and thus began kind of the spiral into not only learning how to free motion quilt, but realizing that I can take my background in teaching um, and my passion for teaching to guide other quilters to do this free motion quilting thing confidently. Because it's something that a lot of folks have a lot of fear around. Mm-hmm. And it became the vehicle that turned into String and Story. Did you leave with an empty box? I did. I left with an empty box. <laughs> and and we, we were, um, before we started recording today, we were uh, talking about QuiltCon. Uh, and mm-hmm. um, you are very much a part of that now, um, pretty much front and center. Yeah. Um, if people want to meet you and, and talk to you more, it'll be uh, in uh, Atlanta, Georgia in 2023. I think it's at the end of February. I cannot wait. Oh, my so, gosh. <laughs> uh, so I invite all of you who would like to meet Holly Ann to go to QuiltCon and uh, experience uh, what really got her going down this road? Um, yeah, it's a special show. I don't think there's another show quite mm-hmm. like it. Now, yeah. y- you believe, you know, you, you're talking very openly about postpartum and you believe mm-hmm. that we all need a soft place to land, both for when life throws us curveballs and for when we just need to rest and just be for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us more about this and how you've created your very own soft place. Yeah. So I mentioned that I had postpartum after Jim, but we didn't know that that's what it was at Mm -hmm. the time. Uh, Jim was born Christmas 2014, and we had gotten pregnant 
much more quickly and easily than we had anticipated with him. You know, we had kind of started trying, thinking that it would take a few months and that we'd probably get pregnant the summer after I graduated from college. And we got pregnant that Mm -hmm. month. And so as soon as he was born, I said, you have, you have to put me back on birth control. Like I do not trust that I will not be the person with, you know, kids 10 months Mm -hmm. apart. And so when I felt crazy after he was born, I thought it was the pill. And so a few months after he was born, we were into a good rhythm with nursing. He was nursing exclusively. And I was like, Sure, surely this time it will take a minute for us to get pregnant. I'll go off the pill. Hopefully I will feel like less of a crazy person. Um, and we'll get just a couple of months reprieve. And then, you know, whenever we get pregnant, we'll get pregnant. Rinse and repeat. We got pregnant that mm-hmm. month, um, <laughs> which was a joy, but also a bit overwhelming. Um, you know, I mentioned that at this point we were broke as a joke. We were a single income family, uh, fresh out of college, um, my my husband had a degree in theology and he was working in IT mm. and we've been really blessed that his career has grown a lot since then. But at this point, trying to live, you know, right outside Atlanta, things were mm-hmm. tight. And so having, you know, another kiddo on the way, we were like, this is, this is going to be an adventure. And the, the blessing of being pregnant again is that it rebalanced my hormones. The um, less easy thing is that then when the postpartum hit after Ian, it, it hit hard mm-hmm. and it was a three-year journey out of that hole. And that was the three years where string and story was born mm-hmm. um, because I have never felt so alone in my whole entire life to be, to just feel trapped in my own brain and body that I could look at my life around me and say, I'm really blessed and I have a lot to be thankful for and things are going really well, but I don't feel that way mm-hmm. inside my own skin. Um, I got married before all of my friends. I had kids before all of my friends. I just felt really isolated. Mm -hmm. And the only thing I knew to do was to turn to the online quilting community. That was the community that I'd started connecting with and um, quickly began to realize that whether it was postpartum or something else, like if I was needing that soft place to land, somebody else was too. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I didn't have anybody to talk to about quilting because again, like my in-person friends didn't quilt. And so I was like, I'm just going to start talking about quilting and see if anybody wants to join the conversation. And so I started blogging. Um, I started posting on Instagram. I started a little Facebook group called the Quilting Rockstars because uh, the marketing person I was following said that I should. Okay. And I was like, okay, cool. Like Facebook groups are where it's at, I guess, if I want to grow this business. And people started showing up to the conversation mm-hmm. in like a really big way and showing up saying, yeah, I really love quilting too, but I also feel really lonely. Can we do it together? Mm-hmm. And I started thinking about how historically quilting was an extremely communal activity. You know, that folks would sit with their families in the evening to peace. And then when the top was done, they'd call their friends and put the quilt on the frame in somebody's kitchen and sit around and, and gossip and chat and solve life's problems and questions and hard things while quilting a quilt. And then as much as I love technology, there was this gap between like, okay, we're more efficient with our machines. We can do quilting differently. And I'm all for that, but maybe we've lost some of this community and Mm -hmm. at at least where I was connecting with it. Um, And a lot of the folks that were joining the quilting rock stars at the time were folks who didn't have a local quilt shop. So they just simply didn't have anywhere to go. Uh And so we started gathering in our Facebook group and I would go live, you know, once a week and just run my mouth 
wall quilting and tell stories about my kids. And like my cats would come in and one night I was live. I don't remember what we were working on. We we're doing a quilt along or something. And Ian, my younger son, he was like maybe three at the time, had just taken a bath and he came running in like stark <laughs> naked. And I was like, I'm so sorry. And like threw my hand over the camera and hit like end broadcast and like shoot him out of the room. That made it very real at that moment. <laughs> right. And then I like had to yeah, delete that one and start over. And I was like, I'm sorry, we're back. Like I didn't really want any nudity on the social medias. Thank you. You know, and it just, um, I was amazed at how kind of my, what started as my little feeble attempt to just have a place to talk to other people who liked quilting yeah. turned into a, a real community where folks would share about stuff going on with their families or health challenges. And um, in addition to asking quilting questions, you know, and it's been incredible. And then when COVID hit two years ago, um, we were so well poised to navigate that. And, mm-hmm. you know, you mentioned at the beginning that um, I'm often found on my Peloton. I was on my yes. Peloton this morning taking the replay of a ride that Robin taught this past Friday. And it was the first time that Peloton New York brought live writers into the studio since the pandemic. And she was talking about how the last two years didn't look anything like what any of us expected. Uh, but the fact that together we go far has not changed. And I feel that with the quilting rock stars mm-hmm. that like we were able to use the fact that we were already a virtual community um, to be each other's lifeline through some dark, dark times. And I just feel honored to be able to to be kind of the leader of the quilting rock stars and be the person that can be like, all right, y'all, here's what we're doing. Like, let's go and do that together. You know, I, I, I want to take a step um, to the side here and, and talk about how you describe the community. I'm going to quote you here. Uh, you say, we represent over a dozen countries, several generations, many backgrounds, all quilting skill levels and more. We value resilience, authenticity, and bringing a mindset of joy, compassion, and abundance to everything we create. It's our delight to bring this community together to stitch. Um, and in your groups, holly you talk very openly about quilting and creativity because you're that's why you're there but also the rest of your lives so (laughs) mental wellness Mm -hmm. uh, health challenges human rights issues and more and you say it's the real doing of life that makes your community unique now it has grown exponentially how do people come to uh come to this and, and can you share um, you know, without uh, giving away uh, any confidences, maybe some of the conversations that you guys have, have had while you quilt. Yeah, absolutely. I, From the very beginning of this community, I knew that as much as I love watching videos that are edutainment, right? They're educational and they're entertainment. Um, and as much as I love creating those for things like my YouTube channel, right? Like the lives that I do in the Quilting Rockstars, they are that kind of old time quilt circle gone virtual. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what we're doing. It's pull up a chair. This is this is the neighborhood gossip sesh, mm-hmm. you know? And like that means that we're going to tell silly stories and sometimes we tell really serious stories. And how we got here is twofold. Part one is that because I was in the throes of postpartum depression as I started the Quilting Rock Stars, that I could not have done it if I didn't let myself show up as things really were. So to be authentic 
Yeah, that it had to be authentic or it wasn't going to be sustainable. Mm -hmm. And that meant that I have shown up on live video in my pajamas. I've shown up without makeup on. I have come in, (laughs) sometimes to the distress of my rockers, I have come in fresh from a run because uh, I didn't run as fast as I thought I was going to. And then I'm running late. So I come in like red faced and sweaty. Uh, and sometimes I show up with makeup on it. You kind of, it depends a little bit week over uh-huh. week, uh, but you're going to get kind of me in the middle of my life taking a break to quilt. And that's what my rock stars are doing too, right? Like they're tuning in from their lunch breaks and they're tuning in from their kids nap time. And they're tuning in from, you know, my husband's watching a football game and I'm tired of football. So I'm going to come hang out with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and sometimes they're tuning in while the football game's on in the background, right? Like it's a little bit of everything. Uh, and for a long time, it was mostly like, let's, let's get together and just chat. And when 2020 happened, um, as much as we'd already talked about mental health some and physical health some, because those were important things in my life, mm-hmm. I felt like the bar really got raised as we had to navigate you know, a public health crisis, as we were um, navigating important social justice issues coming uh into the limelight in a way that they absolutely needed to. Mm -hmm. And these were things that were at the forefront of all of our minds. Um, We were scared. We were unsure. We were excited. We were learning. We were all the feelings across the board. And I had started social hour on a platform of authenticity and there was nothing to do, but continue that. Mm -hmm. And, And that included having conversations of, Hey, here's, here's how string and story feels about, you know, social justice issues. And we're going to stand, you know, with our black and brown brothers and sisters, and we're standing with our queer community. And we are standing with folks all over the world who are fearing for their lives with COVID. And, you know, together means together and y'all means all. Mm -hmm. And and here's why that matters to us. And we don't all agree on every little thing in the quilting rock stars. Like that's not the point. The point is being able to be in community with each other and have some of those conversations. you know, and then as as the year went on, on top of kind of bigger public health issues or public um, current events, things began to get personal, right? My grandfather died in um, August of 2020, not from COVID. He had lived a very long and healthy life, and we all knew it was coming. Uh, but he passed right in the middle of enrollment for Free Motion Quilting Academy. Mm-hmm. And I went live and was like, here's the thing, like, enrollment's going to continue. Um, and it's because I love my grandfather and how I'm going to navigate my grief around this is the fact that he was one of the first entrepreneurs I ever knew. Mm-hmm. And he would be proud to know that this business is going forward. And, and then that opened up a whole series of conversations around uh, how do we grieve and how do different people grieve differently? Mm-hmm. And, and so just things like that continue on. And, um, you know, thinking of the, the things we value in the quilting rock stars, like, we value resilience not only in ourselves, but in our community to have conversa- hard conversations. And I'm so grateful that this is a place where the bonds of our kind of quilting rock star uh, relationships transcend hard stuff. And, and a safe place. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you, ta- you talked about your grandfather and being one of the first entrepreneurs that you knew. Yeah. Um, what's, what's the most important thing he taught you? Loving unconditionally. Mm-hmm in the face of every reason to Mm -hmm. quit. 
He and my grandmother had a really difficult relationship when my mom was growing up. And and that story is largely their own. Mm -hmm. But he stuck it through and she stuck it through. And my grandmother uh, passed away about 12 years ago now. And she suffered from Alzheimer's disease for the last 10 years of her life. And the year before she was diagnosed, um, they celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary. Mm -hmm. And then over those last 10 years of her life, in spite of all of the incredibly difficult times the two of them had had, Mm -hmm. he was her caregiver and he loved her and kept her home. And to watch his love overcome a multitude of sins was so profound. And I I really believe that if I can be leading with love and how I lead my community, then we can navigate all the hard things that's going to come our way. So you've translated that into your group of quilting rock stars and even to hanging out on the town green with friends and family. (laughs) Yes. So, so there is, there is some, some congruity to all of this. It's all connected. It's all as holistic as I know how to make it being a, a flawed human. Um, you're a quilter. Tell me about the favorite quilt that, uh, that you've made. That is a hard one. Mm. I think any quilt that I've made in a quilt along okay. ends up being my favorite. Uh, cause all the, all the quilts that just kind of floated before my mind's eyes are, are ones that I've made with the rock stars and they're all really different. Some of them are, you know, really big block modern quilts. Some of them are my own pattern. Um, it's that community aspect for me that is always the secret sauce to this. But as far as quilts I've designed, <laughs> Lanterns of Hope will always be my favorite. I know I probably shouldn't have a favorite child, but that is my favorite child. Okay. Uh, Lanterns of Hope was my uh, second or third uh, pattern that I designed. It's a deconstructed log cabin. And I designed it for a guild I was a part of um, when my kids were younger. The uh, Greater Atlanta Modern Quilt Guild, and it was our charity quilt for QuiltCon, I believe it was 2018, possibly 2019. No, it would have been 2018. It was our charity quilt for uh, QuiltCon 2018. And then afterwards, I turned it into a pattern and, and began to market the pattern. But it was drawn from the image of paper lanterns being released as a sign of celebration or a sign of hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, And at the time, I was very heavily involved with making quilts for kids with cancer. And as we've been talking, you know, going through hard things in life, the thing that gets us through is is hope and our people, right? And so to be able to kind of translate those things into a quilt pattern and to watch it get made over and over and over again, and then later to work with Paintbrush Studio Fabrics and have it made into panels. And uh, folks learning how to free motion quilt on those panels, but then also gifting uh, various versions of Lanterns of Hope to friends and family members that are going through stuff. And my mom's best friend actually purchased one from me last week for her friend that's going through cancer right now. And it's, it's just become this pattern that so perfectly captures like what String and Story and what the Quilting rock stars are all about. Do you still have the original quilt? The original quilt was actually um, made by the guild and then was donated to Smiley for Kylie, which is an organization here um, in Atlanta that is in honor and in memory of a student that I taught many years ago, mm-hmm. Kylie Myers. 
um, who died in her um, kind of mid-adolescence of bone cancer. And so the original quilt was donated to her charity for a fundraiser. Mm-hmm. And then the charity I was running at the time, Quilt for Care, purchased the quilt and then donated it to a child with cancer through Children's Health Care of Atlanta. So I don't actually know exactly where that quilt has ended up, but mm-hmm. it has uh, blessed many people along the way. It's doing its work. It is. Um, how did you name your business, String and Story? Yeah. So uh, as I mentioned, I was doing t-shirt quilts at the very beginning. But even before that, I had had a little Etsy shop under a different name where I also did knitting. And at the time that I was rebranding to String and Story, I didn't know exactly what the company was going to do. I knew there was going to be some t-shirt quilts. I knew there might be some knitting. I didn't know if there'd be other quilting. I had no idea at the time there'd be digital education. And so I wanted to capture the idea of fiber arts and I wanted to capture that idea of community. Uh, So much to the horror of many quilters everywhere, instead of thread, we have said string (laughs) and and put those two things together. Um, It was also, you know, late uh, or early 2010s when the uh, something and something else naming motif was like all the rage for every small business ever. Sure. Uh So a, a few, a few things came together. And I, I think the thing I'm proudest of with it is that it has aged well. It's been the test of time. And and that's what matters. Um, mm-hmm. what, in, what inspires you? My rock stars inspire me more than, probably more than they will ever fully understand. Um, they share so many things with me. And to um, watch them, especially, in, I'm 30 years old, right? At the average age of a culture in the United States, last I heard, was mid-60s, right? Mm-hmm. So I walk into the room and I affect the average. But what's really special about that is that the maturity of my rock stars means that they have a lot to offer and a lot to teach. Um, and and I get to kind of bring in this like kind of renegade attitude of like, I, sometimes I'm breaking rules that I don't know exist, right? But I get to inspire them with that energy. And so for my rock stars, they teach me so much about life and about uh in some ways, the rules of quilting, but good rules. They're sure. very not quilt policey, which is awesome. <laughs> but but I get to come in and when they want to learn something new, like free motion quilting, to watch my rock stars who, you know, are significantly older than me on average, learn new tricks, mm-hmm. right? And and overcome fears and and face the challenges of doing new things with their sewing machines that they were told for years wasn't possible. You know, and I think one of the um, oldest rock stars we've had go through Free Motion Quilting Academy was in her 80s. Mm. She and she did all the things right. And just to realize how incredibly able we are mm-hmm. to continue growing and learning um, is, is mind blowing to me. And so anytime I am having trouble getting going in the morning, I think of the resilience of those rock stars learning to free motion quilt. I think of, we have one amazing rock star um, named Lynn who lives in the UK and Lynn has a degenerative eye disease. And she shares very openly about this with our community and how she makes accommodations for herself so she can continue living independently and continue sewing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think of other rock stars around the world that have come to our community because they face something like breast cancer and they've had a double mastectomy and they need to rebuild the strength and flexibility of the muscles across the front of their body, mm-hmm. right? Or we've had rock stars with traumatic brain injuries who are retraining their brains and their hands to work together. And quilting is their vehicle for that. And just getting to be a part of the community, like I never know 
what kind of day any of my rock stars are having. And mm-hmm. so with whatever joy and inspiration I can muster, I'm always thinking of them of how can I breathe joy and life into our community to lift them on a hard day. What's one thing people might not know about you? My inner critic is the meanest of all of them. Uh-huh. I talk a lot in the Quilting Rockstars about our inner mean grump, our IMG, mm-hmm. uh, because we rock stars are many things. And, and that includes wanting to be as gender inclusive as possible. So we decided with inner mean grump as our overarching theme for that just angry voice, mm-hmm. that critical spirit that lives in each of us. And one of my great giftings is talking folks down from listening to their inner mean grump. But I'm so good at it because mine is really, really loud. That is a gift. All the time. <laughs> That's a gift. <laughs> it's a complicated gift. Sure. Um, but but anytime, anytime my rock stars have that loud voice going, I'm like, oh, girl, like your rock star, like your inner mean grump still sounds like a tiny little whisper compared to what's going on in my head. Like, you got this. I promise you got this. <laughs> <laughs> Hollyanne, what's, what's next for you? What's your dream? Oh, I have many, many dreams Um, right now. So we just opened String and Story on Maine about six weeks ago, and it is uh, the first brick and mortar iteration of the String and Story community after being uh, online only for almost six years. And I'm really excited to figure out this hybrid model that we now have of mm-hmm. being able to have people with us in person, but continuing to support our rock stars online. Um, we have tens of thousands of rock stars worldwide at this point and holding that balance of making sure that I'm serving my rock stars who are clear on the other side of the world and in a very different time zone and also meeting the needs of my rock stars who now live literally down the street from me and how we can juggle those things, how we can each can make the other stronger. Um, and hopefully that more and more rock stars will be able to come see us in person and that we can connect literally over a cup of cup of coffee instead of just virtually over a cup of coffee. Sure. And and uh, your new store, is that uh, in Duluth, Georgia? It is. Yeah. So we are literally on Main Street, hence the string of story on Main. Sure. Um, I live about 500 yards from the shop, which is great fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a great commute. <laughs> it's so great. I just like traipse myself across the town green. I pop into Maple Street Biscuit for coffee and uh, it's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. And I'm really passionate for this local community. And mm-hmm. Duluth as a city has a vision of being a destination for the arts. Mm. And it's a great honor to get to be a part of that and to bring quilting and bring fiber arts to our community. And we've talked about a lot of very diverse things today. Um, mm-hmm. Is there a question I didn't ask you that you wish I had? Ooh, that's a really good question. I think you did a really good job. Okay. I think, I think you caught it all, Meg. <laughs> well, you've, you've been terrific sharing a, a lot with us. Um, I, can, I have no question why this community is so big and diverse. And I just I want to thank you for sharing your story with us today. Now, I know that our listeners would like to reach out to you for myriad things. Um, What's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, so probably the easiest and fastest way to connect is going to be via social media. So you can find me at String and Story across all platforms. Instagram is one where I hang out a lot. And then, of course, in our Quilting Rockstars Facebook group. Truly, if you Google Quilting Rockstars, it's about the first hit. Okay, that's great. uh, They can jump right in with both feet. 
Um, from there, if you go to stringandstory.com, we have a number of really amazing resources, including the Confident Free Motion Quilting Workbook. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a free resource with the, um, entering your email address, and that'll get you on our email list so that we can stay in touch and make sure you get plugged in. And you can join in on this conversation of doing life together as we're quilting. That's great. Holly Ann, thank you again for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a delight. Well, there you have it. Another story about someone just like you, someone for whom sewing and quilting is so much more than a hobby. It's a way of life and it's a connection to something bigger. If you know someone you think has an outstanding story, a story that should be shared on this podcast, please drop me a note to info at soandsopodcast.com or just complete the form on our website. Be sure to subscribe to, review, and rate this podcast on your favorite platform and visit our website, soandsopodcast.com, for more information about today's and all of our guests. That's S-E-W-A-N-D-S-O podcast.com. And finally, I want to thank Bernina for making this program possible. I'm Meg Goodman, and I look forward to you joining us next time on So and So. So and So.